This is the diary of a cartoonist, and this is Scott Johnson, and I'm sitting on my porch, and I'm watching traffic, and looking at the mountain range, and at today's nasty pollution. About this time every year, January through February, we get what we call the, ver the inversion in the valley here, and that involves... Uh, this weird effect. So the way the valley works, it's, it's like my mouth's kind of frozen, so I'm talking kind of slurry today. Because um, <clears throat> it's cold out. But the uh, the mountains, uh, the two main ranges, which are on the east and the west. On the on the east, you have the Rocky Mountains, which if I could fly right over them from here, I would land in Colorado. Uh, the ones behind me here on the west side are called the Ochre Mountains. At least these, this little section is. But the effect is the whole thing creates just a big bowl. And it's, an, it's a prehistoric bowl. If you look at the what we call the bench around here, around the entire edge of most of the mountains, you see what looks like kind of a water line, like... Uh, like an old pool that you empty and there's like that nasty hard water line that's up at the top that's just kind of there because it was there so long. You have that in this entire valley on all the mountain edges. You have this thing right up there at the bench. It looks like a water line because it was quite literally a water line back in the day. Uh, and back in the day, I mean millions of years ago. So it's a pretty cool thing, actually. And it means a very fertile valley, which is... I think why early settlers came here. Um, pretty much grow anything. You get all four seasons in moderate amounts. Kind of normal summers that, you know, get up to the 90s. Falls that are amazing. Springs that are amazing. And then winter that gets pretty cold, but nothing too harsh. I mean, we're like it's not like Minnesota. We probably get the average winter, you know, you might get as low as like the 20s at night in Fahrenheit. And, uh... Like today, it was about, I was probably 20 or 25 overnight and about 35 to 40 in the day. It's actually kind of warmish. <clears throat> right now, it's about 38. Anyway, why am I telling you all that? Here's why. In the winter, we do get a thing that I think is kind of unique to this area that we don't get any other time of the year, which is a, something they call a thermal inversion. And it's where the hot air above the mountain lines tends to hold in or keep in, I guess the cold air, not the hot air. The cold air keeps in, pushes down and keeps in the air below. So this big bowl just contains whatever amounts of, you know, pollution that are generated by cars and industry, and it keeps it in. And I can see where it starts to dissipate and where the pushing stops, because you can see the mountains clearly from that point up, but about halfway down the mountain range toward the, toward the horizon, you just see this, like, thickening gray, sometimes green, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes darker. And it's gross, man. It's freaking gross. And it only lasts, like I say, I want to say it's, like, part of January, part of February, but really that's it. Some years worse than others, and then, we, you know, the radio stations are always going, oh, it's a green day, that means everybody can go outside and listen to Dookie. No, I'm just kidding. They can go outside and they can breathe freely. But if it's a yellow day, that's like, well, be 
be cautious. Carpool if you can. Uh, old people with respiratory diseases, you probably don't want to go out in this. Uh, yeah, and then if it's like a red day, it's like, ugh. If you can stay indoors and be near air filtering systems or whatever, do that. So it's kind of like, you know, for a couple of weeks there, it becomes like China, really. Where they have terrible pollution right now. These factory towns and such. So... It's uh, happening right now. It's just gross. And uh, the sky's blue and clear and beautiful. And like I say, about halfway up the mountains, amazing. Incredible. But then pushed down where we actually live and exist is this thermal inversion. And there's a Twitter account called SLC Inversion you can follow, which talks, which makes jokes all the time about how crappy it is. It's really the only time of year where it's just not crystal clear beautiful around here. Which sucks, because I think winter should feel more crystal clear than this. But if you don't live in a place that has this effect, and I'm sure there are other places, I just don't know about them, uh, then you you don't really know. Or you live in L.A. where it's like this 24-7 all year. Uh, Not quite this bad and concentrated, though. When I was in southern China in a town called Shenzhen, the town where SARS happened, (laughs) about uh, two weeks after I left there, Or maybe I was the cause, I don't know. Uh, It was like this all the time, everywhere you looked. And uh, you could taste that air, man. It was gross. I think we're looking at a a future where a huge portion of southern Chinese residents uh, have serious respiratory problems the rest of their lives. Because uh, how can you have that all the time like that? At At the very least, an increase of cancer rates or something. Something has to come out of that. But even here, there are some people who um, freak out and completely panic, even though scientifically it's, it's a little dubious, but they freak out that this inversion is enough every year to give their kids autism or something like that, uh, none of which has been proved. But, um, you know, they'll point to numbers like, oh, there are more uh, per capita, there are more autistic kids in Utah. Well, that's because there's a lot more kids in Utah. There's just a huge volume of children here as compared to other states, and therefore you're going to have a higher rate of childhood autism because you got more childs, more children. Whatever, this is that much. I'm maybe just sitting on the porch, rocking on this chair, turning me into old man topics, man, where I want to talk about <laughs> politics and conspiracy theories and whatnot, but I actually am not here to do that. I'm just here to chat with you guys because it's been a while. And I feel bad about that when I don't. Uh, keep up with the diary, but um, it's been really busy. The holidays were crazy. Uh, there's been a lot going on. I now have my bum scope planned for a week from Thursday, or no? Is it two weeks? I guess two weeks from today. Oh, what time is it? I have a show in a half hour. Um. Anyway. Uh, they're going to finally do it, and uh, that's probably good. I mean, the way I need to look at this is this. When I was 35 or whatever, people said, yeah, at 40, that's when you get your colonoscopy. It's just preventative. That's when guys should go get it checked. It's uh, just, you know, it's a good idea. And so I was going to do that anyway. And then 40 came a couple of years before that. The the doctorhood of, these, of this country came out and said, <laughs> whatever it is, came out and said, no, it's now 50. You don't have to come in at 40. We reckon, unless you have family history, uh, 50 is the new 40, is what they said. So I was like, hallelujah, and I didn't worry about it. 
Uh, but now that I got like whatever my issue is, whatever my problems are, ever since that diverticulitis, it just kind of keeps haunting me with weird pain and strange upset and stuff that never happened before that. So either that thing caused some scarring or some issues or the aftermath of the antibiotics or some other disruption of the normal flora and fauna of one's gut has been janked to the point that now I've got inflammation as proven in that CT scan I did. So um, that was early January, and now here we are a month later, and I still haven't got the second test done. But that's finally going to happen. And it's been rough since then because uh, I would actually argue it got worse after the scan. And again, I don't know if me just messing with things, like antibiotics, do they just throw me into a into a downward spiral and mess things up. I don't know. Plenty of cases where that's true, but the doctor's like, well, we're not seeing anything major in there. If they saw, you know, pre-cancer or cancerous stuff or something else, that'd be one thing, but they're not seeing that. And not to get all TMI here, but it's not like I'm bleeding or anything. I just, I'm always kind of hurting. It's always the same general area. It's all right around where that, uh, that original infection happened a year ago. So my thinking is, um, my guess is, my best guess is they're going to get in there and they're not going to find anything uh, physical unless they find some scarring, and that could be doing this. If they don't find that, they may come back and go, well, it's just stress and and that's something you got to change and you, you beat up on yourself too long with stress. So... Here's our diet recommendations, and here's our de-stressing ideas, and blah, 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 blah. Maybe there's medication for calming the inflammation down. I don't know. But I have no idea until I get there, so that's my best guess. I don't think they're going to get in there and go, whoa, we have found a tumor or a freaking giant thing or whatever. I don't think that's what they find because they would have seen that in the CT. That would have been obvious. This The reason they even have the second scan is like, well, we got to get in closer because... The usual tests aren't showing anything, so now we got to go get a biopsy in there and just look at your tissue and make sure everything's okay. Meanwhile, I'm trying to run a business, damn it. <laughs> trying to make a life here, trying to feed kids and pay bills and get work done, and um, that's hard when you're dealing with this. What's funny is, and I can't quite figure this out, while we were in Vegas, I'm sorry to make this all medical, and if you hate this episode, I don't mind if you turn it off and go away. It's fine. I, don't, I wouldn't hold it against, against you uh, if you did. But when we were in Vegas, there were like three days in the middle of that seven days, which were amazing, amazing days. No pain, no issues, no nothing. Just incredible days of what I would call relief and just great. Felt great. And the only difference that I can point to in those days were two things, two factors. One, I felt a lot, a lot less stressed. I'd finally settled into, okay, I'm going to be here for a while. This is for me to relax. Let's have a good time. That was clearly had to be part of it. But the other part of it was I walked a ton, like 11,000 steps a day or something, uh, just constantly moving. And I think that made a difference. The problem is, with what I do, I can't really be moving all day. I mean, I can get up and shift around, and I have a standing desk, so I'm moving around there, but part of me's not convinced that the standing desk isn't contributing to the problem. Creating strain where there didn't used to be any, and I'm working so much and so long that 
you know, standing there in that position or those few positions and shifting in ways that maybe aren't good for me. Maybe that's what's creating distress. I don't know because I do find on days where I'm moving around a lot, like I just got back from a, like a two-miler. I didn't run. I walked. It hurts to walk, run right now. But I walked hard, and, and I feel pretty good right now. And here I am sitting on the front porch in a sitting position, which I don't do much during the day, and I'm not really having any of my pain or discomfort or whatever. So maybe, just maybe, it's not so much that a standing desk is bad for me, but or bad for people, but maybe it's bad for me, or maybe too much of it's bad for me. So I, you know, I think there might be something to that. Also, sitting too much, I know, is a problem for me because then the ride home in that car for seven hours, that wreaks havoc on me too and makes everything hurt. So I don't know, dude. This getting old stuff is for the birds, and I'll just say this to young people listening to the show young people let's say anybody under the age of 25 you're aging too you just don't know it yet you think it's all good but you'll get there one day and go why does that hurt i'm not used to this what is that what how come that thing aches i've never ached before i can't walk on my left foot today when did that happen like welcome to the truth man that's the truth it is so... I'm barely grappling with it. I feel like I'm just getting used to the idea that, yeah, I'm getting older and... Never thought I'd make it this far anyway. Do you ever feel like that? Like when you were like 18 and looking at early 40s and going, yeah, right, like that'll ever be the truth. You get there. You totally get there. I guess some don't, but most do. And when you do things start just changing. I mean, my sister, Wendy, who's in her late 30s, she's, you know, athletic, I was, has always been her whole life, and she's telling me the other day, she goes, I don't know what's something, something's going on. <laughs> I just don't feel, I don't feel good anymore. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So some of us who tie our stress directly to how they're feeling or the other way around, it, we struggle a little bit more, and that's what I do. Like, if something hurts, like, if my knee hurts, I catastrophize, get grumpy. I'm a super pisser. No one likes to be around me when I'm like that. And so on. Something like this where it's, like, constantly aching, my stomach hurts all the time. Uh, clearly something's wrong down there, right? And it just makes me into a kind of a, just a crank. And I get angry. I pick fights on Twitter. <laughs> Not I don't go out looking for them, but if somebody's trolly, I just launch into them because I just need an outlet for the frustration. I mean, get this one. Here's a good. Here's a piece of therapy for you that I might need. I'm driving down in the valley, and I'm going to some store, and I've got Nick with me, I think, and we're I can't remember what we were doing, but we were driving around, and I see these kids at a gas station, skater kids, just hanging around this gas station with their skateboards, and I got so irritated just at the visual of it that I. Had a, I had a real compulsion, not just a, oh, wouldn't it be funny, but a real compulsion to pull my car up there, hit the brakes, squeal the tires, get out of the car, and run up and get in their faces and basically give them what for and see if I couldn't get a fight out of them. Challenge their freaking weird skateboardy turf war bullshit <laughs> that I could feel coming off those kids. That probably wasn't even there, right? But I felt this urge. And it was palpable. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, what is with me? I want to go over there and just like, give me a little piece of crap. Give me those nachos, throw it in their face. <laughs> Tell them to get out of there, you know? <laughs> it's so weird. That is so not a thing I would normally do. But I think the just dealing with kind of the daily suckage of this 
has made me real edgy that way. So I got to do something about that. Hopefully this appointment will do that. I'm kind of dreading it because, you know, you got to do the prep thing, which is a nightmare. And I've never done this before. I don't, I don't like doctors, period, at all for anything. I don't like going for anything. So to go there and willingly say, yes, I spent the last day on the can with your devil mixture so that now you can put a thing up my butt and look at stuff with a camera while I'm half asleep. Yes, I desire this greatly. No, I don't desire that. I don't want anything to do with it. But at this point, I don't know what else to do. I mean, what did they do back in, like, you know, the 1800s? Some old cowboy. He's got some real medical problem, but there's nothing really he can do about it. What's the doctor going to do? Well, drink four gallons of goat's milk a day and uh, try stuffing a branch in your butt. See if that does anything for you. Well, otherwise, my hands are tied. No, I'd sit and drink myself to death or I'd just self-medicate with, like, opium, <laughs> right? And you'd die at, like, 45. And your kids would just pick up the plow where you left it and keep plowing it. Keep milking that cow I left half-milked when I, when I croaked. That, those, that would have been it. Nope, not modern society. Got to go into a hyper-sterilized room and put a very expensive piece of machinery up my chute <laughs> and check for trouble and probably live another 45 years as a result, you know? Why am I not happy about that? Sorry, I'm back. I had a phone call I didn't want to pick up. Anyway, these are the times we live in. I should get used to it. I should learn to embrace it, appreciate it, enjoy it. And not worry about it. I got happy kids. I got a beautiful wife. I got a great life. I have a great job. I have great supporters like you guys. I have great fans and people who want what I do and are willing to even help pay for it, which really I couldn't do it without it. And uh, I don't know. I, don't, I have no retirement plan. I, th I think about that sometimes. <clears throat> when you guys get sick of me, what do I do then? You know. I don't know what happens then. Become a greeter at Walmart? I'd be all right. How are you doing? Oh, that's good to see you again there, Bill. They've got a hell of a deal on grapes today. And uh, the tire department's blowing out radials. <laughs> okay, now. I'm going to pretend you're not making fun of me now that you've walked away. You damn kids. <laughs> yep, that's the, that's the future for me. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hearing me out. You're my therapy. I hope you, I hope you understand why I get so much out of the show. It's really a chance for me. I really it is like sitting down with like an actual therapist and just dumping all my crap. So thanks for being the receptacle for my crap. And uh, let's do this again soon, okay? Maybe next week. Email me, scott at frogpants.com. Let's have a chat. Okay? Bye.